Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you would hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Today we're going to continue with knowing our identity in Christ, and we're going to go over part two today. On July 28th, we broadcast part one, and we looked at the operational aspects of the divine nature, power, and promises of God. Today we're going to talk about knowing the blessings of our identity in Jesus Christ, and that focus will be on the knowledge of God in Jesus And let me just give you a heads up. The crux of the lesson today is going to be in the word knowledge. If you didn't hear part one, you can always go back and and revisit the podcast that was recorded on July 28th, the episode, I should say. And then as I suggested then, I'm going to suggest today that you listen with pen and paper in hand so that you can take notes. I'm going to reference several scriptures that you might want to write down and go back and review for another time. So let's go ahead and get started. As always, I always like to read the uh, promotional material. It hasn't changed, but I'm just going to lay the foundation again anyway. Usually identity is the way we perceive ourselves, perceive ourselves. It shapes our beliefs, and those core beliefs in turn drive what we think say and do. How do we describe ourselves? By our attitudes, heritage, possessions, backgrounds, aspirations? Over time, our description becomes our earthly identity. The active pursuit of finding, knowing, and growing in our spiritual identity is paramount. As believers and followers of Christ, we walk in the newness of life, a new creation, hence the term born again. John chapter 3, verse 3 says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's New International Version. Being in Jesus Christ is our spiritual identity, and our identity in him is the greatest treasure on earth. So what I want to do is I want to give you the scripture references right now because I'm going to talk through this podcast and probably rattle scripture off, read some, don't have time to read all of them. And let me just say that we might go over a few minutes today. Uh, It's scheduled for 15 minutes, but I might go over maybe to 20 or whatever. So I'm going to ask your forgiveness in advance. But here are the scriptures that I'm going to reference for today. We're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3, 5, 6, and 8. And then we're also going to look at 2 Peter chapter 2. Verse 20, and then 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, 
verse 3, verse 22, and verse 23, and then Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. I'll probably reference Titus chapter 3, verse 5, and the Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 16, and the book of Romans chapter 6, reference to verse 3, 4, and 5, most likely. And then also Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 and 27. So let's go ahead and get started. Years ago, I attended Bible Study Fellowship, also known as BSF. It's an interdenominational, international Bible study. And people meet and they go through a prescribed lesson. I loved the approach, the discipline it required, and the lecture in small groups. This was probably back in the latter 80s, maybe the early 90s. And at some point during this time um, that I was involved, I started to desire a different type of study, something that would allow me to go a little bit deeper. So I transferred to an inductive Bible study, uh, and this was uh, under Kay and Jack Arthur at the time, under the ministry that was called Precept Ministries. Uh, Kay and Jack Arthur founded or established this ministry back in the 1970s, and today it's all over the world in 70 or more, 70 plus languages. It's just it's phenomenal. But this Bible study by far was more intense, and the approach was different. And the way we looked at the Bible was we identified the who, what, why, where, when, and how. There were symbols that were used, themes that needed to be developed, and the search for key words. That's when I realized that for every time I read the word, a word, the same word, it had oftentimes meanings. So I started looking these words up in the strong concordance, and I would look at the root word, the meaning, and all of that, and that process expanded my understanding. So the strong, exhaustive concordance today is online. Back in the day, and still today, I use a large volume book um, that has been very useful in my studies. It gives you the Hebrew, the Chaldean language, and also the Greek languages. Uh, And then you can look at uh, the words and find the root words. And sometimes it'll take you to another root word. And sometimes it's looking at a word at face value. It doesn't have the meaning that you think. So today I want to capture, and I promised that I would do this on uh, back in July. I want to capture the different nuances of the words, know, knowing, knowledge. These words are repeatedly used in 2 Peter chapter 1, which we read last week. And I want to go over those verses again right now, and then I'm going to start talking about the different nuances of the word, know, knowing, and knowledge. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, this is the New International Version. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the, in the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5 says, for this very, 
reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness knowledge. And verse 6 says, and to your knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Verse 8 says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Verse 10 says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. You will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 12 says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Verse 13 says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Verse 14 says, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So the word knowledge and know is used repeatedly in this passage. And I want to go through the different nuances of the different, slight different definitions or meanings of these words, just to lay the foundation for us to continue in this three-part series, knowing our identity in Jesus Christ. Okay. In Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 8, the word knowledge is repeated. And that word is a Greek word, and it's called epignosis. epignosis. And it means, denotes exact or full knowledge, acknowledgement, discernment, recognition. It implies an intimate and personal relationship. So if we go back and look at Second Peter chapter 1 and look at verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not talking about a head knowledge. If the implication here is an intimate and personal relationship, it's talking about a heart knowledge. So, And the same thing would apply to verse 3 that says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Again, the implication here is an intimate and personal relationship. And then in verse 8, it says, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So denotes exact or full knowledge, acknowledgement, discernment, recognition, and it implies an intimate and personal relationship. If we move on to Second uh, Peter chapter one verses five and six, that word knowledge means gnosis, gnosis, and it means that you're primarily seeking to know or making an inquiry or some type of investigation especially regarding or concerning spiritual truth. So let's look at verse 5. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge. And then verse 6 says, And to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness. Okay, so that means that you're seeking to know more 
about this spiritual truth. And then the last reference I want to make is in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, and that word is ada. And it means to have seen or perceived, hence to know, to have full knowledge of whether absolutely or in divine knowledge. And verse 14 says, because I know, this is Timothy saying, uh, excuse me, not Timothy, but Peter saying that I'm going to remind you of these things. I'm going to refresh your memory, and I'll do that for as long as I live, this, this tent of this body, in this tent of my body. And, and verse 14 says, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So it was revealed to him that he was not going to be here forever, that he was going to have to be put aside. And so this Ada, that's how that knowing or the variation of no means. So just a, just a tad bit, just a tad bit. So, okay, let's go ahead and move on and talk about knowing the blessings of our identity in Jesus Christ. God is the greatest giver of all. God is the source of all true blessings. God the Father exemplified the greatest possible giving when he gave his only begotten son for sinful mankind, you and I. That's referenced in John chapter 3, verse 16. As a result of knowing God, and there's that epignosis word, epignosis, you know, that is the, implies the intimate and personal relationship. The result of knowing God and Jesus Christ, we are partakers of the divine nature with blessings. The Hebrew and Greek words translated bless, blessed, and blessings collectively to mean to declare happy, to speak well of, very happy. So with that, uh, I, I think that we've laid a pretty good foundation of the word knowledge, and I'm hoping that you're encouraged to look at the differences possibly through the Strong's Concordance of these words. But we know Jesus Christ because we're in Christ. So let's go ahead and talk about the blessings. God's blessings in Christ. We are blessed in to be in Christ. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. We, are, we have access to all spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. We are his spiritual body. We are the church. We are the body of Christ, bride of Christ. And this is referenced in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, and Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. The other blessing is that we have access to God's grace. We get to enjoy God's grace in Christ Jesus. God's grace is absolutely essential to man's salvation. As man, as humankind, we cannot merit our salvation. We cannot earn our salvation. We don't deserve God's salvation. That's referenced in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. God's saving grace is enjoyed in Jesus Christ. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near to the blood of Christ. So we were far away from God, separated from God, reconciled back to God because of Christ's shedded blood. Passage says without 
the shedding of blood, there is no redemption. So we've got, we're blessed in Christ. We have access to heavenly, spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We are the body of Christ, the church, the bride of Christ. We get to enjoy God's grace in Christ because we were formerly far from him, but now we've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And then the other blessing worth mentioning is that we are new creatures in Christ. And we talked about that last week, a couple of weeks ago. We are a new creation. When we submit to God's plan of salvation, which means that we're accessing God's grace, we become a new creature. The old man is put to death. That's referenced in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. And the new has come. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man can be, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then if I consider that passage, that old things are passed away and the new comes, we get to behold the new things, then I have to read Romans chapter 8, verse 1, which says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're not only new creation in Christ, but there's no condemnation for for ever having the old person because it's passed away and is no longer held against us. And then there's one other one that I'd like to mention, one other blessing, and that is through water baptism, we are buried with Christ into death, and then in the same and and united with him, and in the likeness of his death, we also get to experience and uh, are blessed with the likeness of his resurrection. So in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says, for if we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we might so so we too might walk in the newness of life. And then verse five says, that's Romans chapter six, verse five, it says, For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So those are the blessings that we have. You know, we have to know those blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. God is the source of all true blessings. So with that, that is our part two of our series. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We will continue in a couple of weeks on August 25th. We'll go through part three of our series, knowing the functionality of our identity in Jesus Christ. We'll talk about the practical aspects of our walk, specifically the Christian virtues. Uh, We want to be productive and effective as believers in Christ. So with that, I hope you enjoyed this series. Thank you for joining us today. And may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you grace. We'll give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.